0: everybody, welcome to the Weird World Podcast. This evening, we are going to bring to you our second episode of Weird News. Is that what we called it?
1: Sure, why not? We called it Weird News, not knowing it'd be Weird News 1, but got a good reaction. So now we bring you Weird News 2. I think that's what we called it. I don't know.
0: I don't remember either. Dang it. Okay. Dean
1: <laughs> You sound pretty broken up.
0: I, I am. Why don't you start us off with the first story?:
1: Oh, okay, I will.
0: <laughs> what <laughs>
1: are you doing over there? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find my notes. So have you heard of We Maybe. called it the World of Weird News? Oh, well, that was dumb. <laughs> Let's just call it weird news for now on, all right.
0: Whatever, man.
1: What is the largest human-made reservoir in the? the United States of America.
0: That is not information that anybody needs to know on it, the top sure. of their head. I, Off I, the top I, of their head. I feel like it is.
1: I feel like you're hating on information right Did you
0: now. know what it was until you read this I weird news not. article? <laughs> okay, then.
1: <laughs> it is Lake Mead, which is formed by the Hoover Dam in Nevada. <laughs> out here in the southwest, or out in the southwest. We no longer live in the southwest, technically. Okay. <laughs> well, we used to. Right. Um, the Lake Mead... Mm -hmm. has been doing what lots of other lakes throughout the uh, country have been doing, particularly out in the western United States, where there Mm -hmm. has been years and years of almost all drought years, and it has been shrinking precipitously every year, really since about 2000 or so, almost 20 years now. Yeah. uh, Pretty steady decreasing. It's a problem. It is a huge problem. It's an incredibly important reservoir. It services 30 to 40 million people, hugely important to agriculture in the area just is it the Colorado River is what feeds it and the Colorado River is drying up because it's being you know because of drought and because that area of the country is booming with more people all the time in Phoenix and Southern California and Las Vegas so every time you go to Vegas just remember that you're you're killing nature
0: <laughs> wow <laughs> okay
1: I'm, I'm overstating that a little bit what's happening though because of the recession of the water has been finding things there oh yeah i know for instance they found a well actually years ago a um, pueblo indian site was found a long time ago and also a ghost town that was settled by mormons is also found in fact there's, there's now a tourist kind of a tourist destination
0: wait Inside Lake Mead.:
1: Along the edge of Lake Mead. Oh. covered up by Lake Mead when it was created. Remember, when you build a dam, yes. it covers things up. Correct. And now that it's receding, it's uncovering some things. But more recently, things that have been being uncovered good, great sense my way <laughs> have been bodies. Oh. Human remains. Nice. Four sets of human remains have been found just since May 1 of this year, 2022. What do you mean by
0: sets? Like people. Four bodies. Oh, wow. I mean,
1: they're badly decomposed and skeletal in one yeah. situation. are as they say in Britain, as we found out, skeletal. skeletal. Mm-hmm. Wow. The most recent one was found in, I believe, early August. It looked to be decades old. The first one, May 1st, was... was a person that was found inside of a barrel <gasps> uh- oh, and how do you think that body died?
0: Well, probably not going over at some falls in a barrel.
1: nope, gonna say gunshot wound in fact oh. that was almost certainly a mob hit.
0: Wow, why'd they bother putting him in a barrel uh,
1: that's you always did that because it so it didn't come up. it sank uh, it stayed on the bottom and I in thought this that, case, I
0: thought that's what the purpose of concrete shoes was
1: that too. The barrel's a good, uh, you know, there's there's multiple methods. I body. (laughs) They think this person died in the 70s or 80s judging by his clothes. So I'm assuming, I don't know, wide collar, Mm. I don't know, members only jacket. I'm not completely sure what that means. But they date the demise of that person giving his clothes. And then on May 7th, a week later, remains were found in another barrel discovered along the shoreline on July 6th they found another body along a place called Boulder Islands. That they did identify it turned pretty quickly. It turned out to be the body of a woman who had gone missing after she fell off a jet ski back just on June 30th. So that person was wow. had been in the water just a week. Wow. That really wasn't. Uh, but I, I guess it was. I don't know if that had strictly to do with the water receding or not. They just found the body. But still. So someone went missing yeah. from a jet ski accident. They found her a week later on July 6th. And, on July 25th, they found the remains of a body at a part of the lake called Swim Beach. So, the early August person in the barrel was the fourth body discovered just in a, a few months. Lake Mead has has lost about 170 feet wow in its depth just since 1983. It's about, about one quarter of its capacity yeah. to hold water. So it's just it, the drought has been absolutely
0: devastating. Yeah.
1: So they talked to, I guess, some local station there talked to a, a mob expert, like he, some <laughs> guy who's a historian, and he has a thing called a mob museum. His name is Jeff Schumacher. Actually, he's the, he's, um, the vice president of the mob museum. I oh. Does he have a president and a secretary of state? I have no idea. He said that the mob actually didn't bury a lot of people in barrels, or at least, I'm sorry, I take that back. They would, the, the barrel thing to him sounded like a mob thing, but- he said they didn't like they didn't p- put people in the lake. They didn't like to dispose of bodies nearby because they might oh. be found and traced to them, which doesn't make sense. I'm pretty sure they weren't driving them to LA and dumping the body in the it, desert outside of it, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. He he is the vice president though of the mob museum I in Las suppose Vegas. So i so
0: yeah. assume he
1: knows what he's talking about. But the barrel person with gunshot wound, even he said, Yeah, that sounds pretty mobby. Back in May when they found the first body. It was found by paddleboarders. Oh. Can you imagine? You're looking down along no. the newly lower coastline there, and you see what they thought at first. It was a body of a big orange sheep. And then they got a little closer. I know. I'm not sure how that works. Huh. And then they got a little closer, and they saw the jawbone, and they realized that's a human jawbone, and they saw a silver filling Ooh. in a in tooth. So, oh. so the guy who, who found it, one of the paddleboarders, said, it wasn't until I saw the jawbone with the silver filling that I was like, whoa, this is human, and it started to freak out. <laughs> I don't blame him. That would be pretty freaky. But you think, do bighorn sheep get dental work done? They probably no.
0: do. No. Yeah, that was a dead giveaway, I'd say. Yeah.
1: So people are looking forward, experts are looking forward to what might be found next as the lake continues to recede. As I mentioned, they've already they've had some ghost towns found a while ago, but in 1948, an air force pilot was flying around in a B29 Superfortress doing atmospheric research and crashed somewhere in the northern oh. part of Lake Mead so
0: oh. we might
1: be finding a world war 2 plane in the not too distant future interesting in Lake Mead. we'll see so most recently they found they actually one of the bodies that we discovered discovered in the lake was finally identified he that was one of the bodies found about three months ago and they identified it as thomas ernt it's not the body in the barrel uh he died by drowning about 20 years ago so he disappeared and i think it was it was august 2nd 2002 right about 20 years ago he's a 42 year old man from las vegas just you know doing something recreating in the lake and was reported missing, and even at the time, people thought he drowned. Now, they don't know for a fact they can't do it. The body's right. badly decomposed, but yeah. they're pretty sure he drowned. They have identified him through DNA that it was Thomas Ernt is one of the bodies. So one of the bodies yeah. most recently has been figured out. I doubt they ever figured out who was the guy in the barrel.
0: Why? Couldn't they do know. his through DNA? As well? I, I, they
1: could. They said that they um, are still, they're still running the DNA. The Las Vegas, I think it's Clark County, actually, the county coroner's in charge of this. They are running the the DNA. They're using x-rays and fingerprinting and forensic dentistry Mm -hmm. to try to find out who these other bodies were. But so far, that's the only one that has been identified. Huh. So that's the story of the bodies in the lake. Well. One of the byproducts of receding waters across the Southwest. It turns out, though, that's not the only thing that's happening with respect to water getting lower and lower. Is it, Carrie? No,
0: it's not. I was just going to say, great minds think alike. (laughs) Well, speaking of World War II era things being discovered, I don't think we're due- speaking
1: about World War II era. Oh, the boat! i oh, the boat. The plane. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, that was only seconds ago. when I were forgot. literally <laughs> <laughs> that's that's um, an that's, that's an issue.
0: Due to receding waters because of drought conditions. As it so happens, dozens of Nazi warships have appeared in the Danube River. The Danube River? Yes. Nazi warships? Nazi warships. Really? With They're like, going up and down the river? With like oh. munitions and stuff. It's danger time. It's yeah. danger time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's <Carrie>. dangerous.
1: <laughs> it sounds like a Cartoon Network television show, but <laughs> that's good.
0: And in Spain, this isn't World War II stuff. There's something called Spanish Stonehenge. Really? That has been uncovered. I'm it it was I think it was one that was purposely you know flooded with a dam. Okay. And I'm, I'm but now the the waters have gone away partially, mm. and so people are happy about that one because they want to study that. And in the China's Yangtze River, they have discovered three Buddhist statues have mm. been uncovered. And then, of course, if you weren't doing like me, my next sentence would have been and. Horrifically, human bodies have been found in Nevada's Lake Mead. Well,
1: good thing I did it because you are not doing terrible downer stories anymore. I
0: am not. My story is about a severe drought. (laughs) Not a happy thing. Severe drought in Texas. Oh has revealed 113 million-year-old dinosaur tracks.
1: That's impossible, since the Earth is only 6,000 <laughs> years old, so I'm confused.
0: Well, we're not going to get into that, yeah, well, Mr. I'm Bible Man. We to
1: disagree, but fine.
0: But it, in all places, Dinosaur Valley State Park.
1: Makes actually perfect sense. It does. I think it's just a weird coincidence. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay.
0: This is where dinosaurs roamed the yeah. Earth. The prints were normally covered by the Paluxy river Mm. and i guess they have been visible before but and the last time was 22 years ago the year 2000 but this river has dried up completely in most locations so now more and more tracks are being uncovered in the park and i guess normally When there's water, they would, you know, the tracks would fill with sediment and stuff and not Mm -hmm. be visible. But most of the tracks that have been uncovered belong to Acrocanthosaurus. I
1: feel like you made that up right now, as as we spoke. Acrocanthosaurus. What kind of, what does that mean?
0: It's the name of a I, dinosaur. I, I mean, it's a carnivorous. Could, you know,
1: it's like bigfoot lizard with I will, a hip oh, I don't know what it
0: means. Okay. but um, it's carnivorous. It lived one hundred and fifteen to one hundred and five million years ago in the early Cretaceous period. Yeah. These mm. dinosaurs walked on two legs, Ooh. and right. they had three toes with claws on each foot.
1: How tall? How big? Is uh, also ish
0: Up to fifteen feet tall. And weighing up to seven tons. We, we
1: forget how, or we just don't, you know, you think you see T Rex and they're, you know, look like a small building and everything. You forget, can you imagine a 15 foot no. carnivorous giant lizard thing? I mean, it's terrifying. Really glad that we only coexisted with dinosaurs for the first couple thousand of the 6,000 year lifespan of Earth. I mean, I'm glad it didn't. It's still, they're still not around. Yeah. 6,000 years later from when they first
0: were born. <laughs> okay. Enough. Uh, the it's recently enough. revealed tracks are called the Lone Ranger Trackway. Okay. And there's about 140 tracks from one individual dinosaur. I'm not really sure how, how they know this. I guess it's maybe like specifically contiguous. A single
1: dinosaur. That's what they say. It must be, right? It must be a, a trail. He's walking, he, maybe a she, yeah. walking through mud.
0: Yeah. The whole time. And, yeah. Okay. I guess some of them were were already visible. And now 60 have been oh, okay. uncovered, I guess.
1: what Have they found anything at the Tonto Trail? No. It must be nearby the Lone Ranger Trail? Oh, I'm sorry. Is that, again, Native Americans <laughs> being just from, written out of history? Okay, thanks, Texas.
0: They have found other tracks left by a 60-foot tall dinosaur who weighed about 44 tons. Man, This is slightly larger, or a lot larger, yeah. called... Soroposeidon. I like that. That's a good one. But a paleontologist said that these footprints are spectacular because they're deep. Hmm. And you can see the toenails. And there's more than one kind, and there's a lot of them. (laughs) It does sound pretty exciting. It does sound. All of these dinosaurs' tracks that have been preserved, they're in limestone, which I guess is what helps them become preserved. But also, I guess they, you know, they could eventually erode away, especially now that they're uncovered, I think.
1: Eventually. Take some good pictures, make some plaster cast, you know, what the hell. I, in fact, dig the whole thing and put it in a museum.
0: They actually think that there are more tracks, obviously, that are still buried and like even deeper Mm -hmm. and stuff. And eventually they may be uncovered. So
1: you're rooting for continued
0: drought? No, I'm not. Sounds like it. But, you know, these paleontologists are pretty excited about the prospect. They are, for sure. Yes. Yeah.
1: They're doing anti-rain dancing, as we speak.
0: And I suppose these two particular types of dinosaurs, they don't have a whole lot of other evidence of their existence, like bones and stuff like Uh that. So these tracks are very helpful for scientists to get more information about them. And I guess tracks are very helpful because it gives them information about posture and speed that you really don't get from a skeleton.
1: Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Tracks are really, really critical. You know, they're deep, right? If they're longer and deeper, they're running or something like that. So you yeah. can get a sense of their gait and speed. They can even, I've, I've read that too. They can estimate how fast they're running when they made those tracks, which is
0: pretty cool. I know. Which. It's math. I know. Is it? I mean, sure, I don't. it is math. But see, here's the thing. Yeah, P- aren't some of the variables like the weight of the animal uh, and yeah, the? I don't know. So how um, how do they know? It's I like, trust
1: science, Gary. I don't question like
0: everybody. I. Well, I question everything. That is science. Okay, right.
1: Oh, you pretty much put me <laughs> in my place. I I'm smelling toast right now because I was burnt. Wait, I don't know.
0: They do expect all of these tracks to once again be covered by water. Oh. So they are optimistic, even though the Western United States is currently experiencing the worst drought in 1200 years. <laughs> is it really 1200 years?
1: That's yeah. Sure. Why not?
0: Holy I, smokes. And you
1: just told me that. So I think, okay.
0: well, I know that's what I'm reading in the dot but they say that obviously, as we all know, these droughts are being exacerbated by climate change. And they do touch on the irony of the fact that dinosaurs were wiped out by very rapid climate change, and now we're gaining evidence and information about their existence due to our climate change. That was
1: even more rapid, caused by a giant meteor. Yes. A little bit different paleontology guy.
0: It's still climate change, Dean. just calm down,
1: paleontology, dude. (laughs)
0: That's all I'm saying. Well... That's all I got. That's a good one, Karen. On dinosaur tracks. Thank you for that. I thought it was pretty exciting.
1: It is exciting. It's big news. I would like it's to visit. Weird
0: news. I would like to visit Dinosaur Park or whatever that place in is Texas? called. Mm-hmm. Okay, put it on the list. If it wasn't in Texas, well, we can still go visit Texas. Mm.
1: Just we just won't get an emotion no, there.
0: They do not deserve my tourist mm. dollars. Well, Sorry,
1: we can just rand. You can just randomly shoot guns in the air there.
0: You got to change your laws before I'll visit you. All
1: right. This item, I don't know if it really I counts as news so much. It was in the news recently, and it is weird, but it's more of a little bit of a brain teaser. I hope you're okay <laughs> with that. You're a little bit of a different, different sure, thing. Sure, I'm okay. My next two are going to be are going to be news. Okay, so have you ever heard of something called the birthday paradox? Never. Then let me ask you a question: How large does a random group of people have to be? For there to be a an, uh, 50% and even chance that at least two people in that room have the same birthday. Oh. Have you heard this?
0: Month, day, and year?
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely. Exact same birthday. Same birth year. Day. No, I'm sorry. Same birth date, I should say. So okay. same month and day, not the same Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. How many people do there have to be?
1: In that room for, for two um, of them, for there to be a, a 50% chance that two of them share that same birthday.
0: Three hundred
1: sixty five. That's a weird guess. Why?
0: Because that's how many days there are in the yeah, year. You're wrong. <laughs> but that's a good one because it
1: illustrates how bad humans are at probability because you are way the fuck well, off. Well, that's I'll, hard. It is hard. It's not an easy way I'll tell. And when we solve it, you know, listen carefully because okay. it's, it's, it's pretty complex. Probability is extremely complex. It's, a, it's an incredibly important part of, of science and social science and physical sciences, but it's very, very complex. Okay, it's very
0: complex, but you just ridiculed me. And you said I did human, not ridicule and you. And you said people are terrible at doing this. People like, are like, terrible Like it's something that we should be we, good it, at doing. would be great
1: if we were better because it, it really impacts our lives in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Not just these kind of cute ways like the birthday paradox, you know. We don't understand how unlikely things are to happen or how likely things are to happen but mm-hmm. it, it affects things like politics and your sense of history and things like that so most people it turns out guess 183 because they think that's about half half as many days oh. as there are in the in the year roughly yeah. So they think that's kind of the innate kind of natural response and that's but that the, doesn't make
0: sense to me i might even double it
1: so 700 yeah okay why why are you going so high i'm curious just what what is it that, i mean i guess you're right it does that does seem kind of intuitive yeah, doesn't it that it, yeah. it would have to be a large number well turns out it's not that so recently a statistician he said quote i love these types of problems because they illustrate how humans are generally not good with probabilities leading them to make incorrect decisions or draw bad conclusions his name is jeff jim frost and he's written three books on stats he's also a columnist for something called the american society of qualities the Statistics Digest, big bestseller. It, I've seen it in all kinds of airports. I usually get one when I'm flying. <laughs> American Society of Quality Statistics Digest. That's where they wrote. Maybe there's a typo. <laughs> I think this okay, in, this might have been. I can't. Remember, this was. I think in Life Science. So. He said, "Well, additionally, they show how beneficial mathematics can be at improving our lives. So the counterintuitive results of these problems are fun, but they also serve a purpose. Knowing the birthday paradox thing, I don't know if that's really going to improve our lives, but it's interesting to know. And and understanding probability, he's right. Okay. could do that. So now, let's start. You assume that all birthdays have an equal chance of happening that's in critical assumption because if there's which is in practice that's not actually true but let's just assume that for the point of the math right okay. also he gets of the leap years so it's always 365 days mm-hmm. so if you start with two people you have two people in a room the chance the first person does not share a birthday with the second is 365 over 3 364 over 365 correct taking one day out of the year effectively so that means the likelihood that they share a birthday is 100% minus 364 over 365 that calcs out to a 0.27% chance. So a little more than a one-quarter of 1% chance that those two people in a room at random are going to share the same birthday. Mm-hmm. With me so far? Yep. Now it gets complicated. So you add a third person and you okay, so the okay, so the first two people cover two of the days in the year. Right, that third person it means the chance that that third person does not share a birthday with the first two is three sixty three over three sixty five. In other words, you you can only with the other two people you just take two days out of the year. So the likelihood now here's what you, you do the math, and you have to understand probability mm-hmm. and mathematics of probability to to do this math to, to know to know that this is the equation. Is that the likelihood that they share they all share a birthday is one minus the product multiplication of 364 over 365 which is almost 1 remember mm-hmm. times 363 over 365 that works out to a probability of 0.82%. So now three people you get a little less still than 1% likelihood that they will be uh, that they'll share a birthday mm-hmm. that any two of them will share a birthday. So then though people what people don't understand is exponential right. math and it goes up very rapidly. So to get to that fifty, in fact, in his, he just kept doing the math, adding a person, a fourth person, a fifth person, and so on, right. and he got to fifty point seven percent probability at twenty three people. A room of twenty three people is a slightly more than fifty percent chance that two of those twenty three people will share the same birth date. Okay. Now, which is as we just demonstrated, incredibly low, it's How many intuitively you- low. Yeah. Now I wouldn't know how many people is 100%. He didn't calculate 100%, but he calculated 99%. Yeah. At least not that I read it. He probably did. What do you think the number is for 99% likelihood that two people share the same what birthday?
0: What was it for 50? 24? 23. Oh, 23 people? So for 100, it's obviously not double. Um, I am going to say uh, 32. 57. Oh, fudge. <laughs> Still.
1: A shocking little moment. Now, if, you st- if I started with that, well, that'd be crazy, though. We started with 50% likely. Yeah. If you said, what is it where we're almost dead certain?
0: Okay, wait. It's I 57. Don't, I don't buy that. Okay. Because here's the thing. What? I'm pretty sure I've known at least 57 people in my life and have learned their birthday.
1: Uh huh. That is not science. That is anecdote.
0: I know one person <laughs> opposite of science that shares my birthday. Okay. Then. And I just met them within the last five years or so. Okay. Still
1: 99%. Bingo. You just proved the point here, actually. So, yeah, you do share in that, you know. I mean, no,
0: but what I'm saying is I knew 57 people okay. clear, way before five years ago uh-huh. that I knew their birthdays. Okay. But again, and I not, didn't share a birthday. I'm not saying that. If you randomly, I, put obviously, in, I'm not well, saying yeah, this is you're, you're, scientific you're, evidence. You just, you just said that. I'm, just that way. I'm calling bullshit on that number
1: I because mean, of your personal situation.
0: Ninety-nine percent is pretty sure. I know. So it if is. I, it you is. know, okay, the next time I'm in a room with at least fifty-seven people, I'm just going to ask everybody their birthday.
1: <laughs> That'll be fun. One of the reasons that he thinks that people do underestimate how low the number has to be is that they probably unconsciously calculate what the chance of someone sharing their birthday is. Carrie, you just, you just, demonstrated. you're right. Any two Two people. people. So it's not you. You, you illustrated exactly what he thinks is the main reason that people think call bullshit on it. Yeah. So now think to yourself, the first, the first 57, pick 57 people out of your outlook. Yeah. And, do any 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 two of them yeah. share a birthday? I bet they do. I walked
0: right into that one, didn't I? You
1: did, but thank you.
0: Yeah, they do because stuff. I already know three people that share the same birthday.
1: There you go, boom. And and now if you pick a random twenty three again, it's only fifty percent. That's not, but I, that's why I kind of like the fifty seven number better because if you if you can randomly pick fifty seven acquaintances, yeah. all that means is that you you're, you're an example at the tail. Of, of the distribution. It doesn't mean that you've, you know, oh, proven it's wrong, but it, it is <laughs> yeah. it is interesting. That make that would be an interesting point if you can name 57 people randomly that don't have any shared birthdays within them. Another reason though is that he thinks that people against what we pointed out, they significantly underestimate how quickly the probability increases with group size. That's yeah. a quote from the, the, the life science article. So people just don't understand. So here, here's an interesting one. Humans are... are Humans are terrible when it comes to comprehending exponential growth, uh, Jim Frost said. He compared it to a situation about getting paid a small amount. And he said "There's, there's this is old, I guess it's old, this old, um, you know, riddle. I don't know. That's not the right word. He says, in exchange for some service, suppose you're offered to be paid one cent on the first day, two cents on day two,
0: mm-hmm.
1: four cents on day three, eight cents on day four, and so on, right? Yeah. And you're gonna. this is going to happen for 30 days. you got to do this work, and that's going to be pay for 30 days. Most people think, screw that. Yeah. I'm not going to get shit. How much do you think you're going to get in those 30, uh, 30 days? I,
0: I don't know, but it's a lot.
1: $10.7 million yeah. dollars is your paycheck on day 30. Yep. It's crazy how fast. Com- it's like compound interest. Mm-hmm. And compounding any number really does yep. increase that number very surprisingly rapidly.
0: Which is what makes uh, student loans such terrible yeah. situations for a lot of people.
1: It uh, makes all loans terrible situations because yeah. it works against us. So yeah, that is the birthday paradox. Kay. That is I interesting. Not, not news, but I thought I, I wanted to share it and I didn't know where else to share it. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how to shoehorn it into some story. Well, and here's a story about a mysterious murder. And by the way, <laughs> he had a birthday. I don't think that's not going to work.
0: So. Okay, I'm going to... This isn't like super recent news but it's fairly recent june of 2022. I, that's plenty of recent. So, we we can call it summer news.
1: Okay. <laughs> you can call it late spring news, <laughs> whatever you want to do. Rum spring
0: news doesn't matter. Well, anyway, this one isn't isn't very happy or oh, upbeat, Carrie. but it is interesting and it involves my favorite animal on the earth. Oh, I know what that one is. One of one of my favorite animals that is elephant. Oh,
1: I was going to say pangolin, but okay, elephant too.
0: What's my other favorite animal?
1: Uh, you love, um, you love blue whales, and you're a huge fan of quackas. Oh, Wait, yeah, that's me. Yes. Um, you are a big fan of lobsters. That's your sister that you that are... I can
0: see on a daily basis if I choose to.
1: Dogs, cats, <laughs> no, um, wild animals. Oh, a, a wild animal you can see on da- a mm-hmm. daily basis. Mm-hmm. Squirrels, no. Love, love, love squirrels. You have a squ- nope. Okay, what is it?
0: That I get all excited and I go get my camera and go take pictures of them. Birds. Hummingbirds. Hummingbirds.
1: I did know that. You You're know nothing huge... about me. I, I did know that, actually. <laughs> I blocked it out. No, know you know that. I've had two memory lapses this <laughs> yes. episode so far. That's not, this is.
0: Well, anyway, this is sad news. Uh, apparently, an elephant in India in the state of Odisha killed a woman. <gasps> she was going to collect water in her village. And an elephant killed her. And then, well, actually, I'm sorry, he, you know, or I think it was a female elephant, as a matter of fact, injured her very badly. She was taken to a hospital where she then died. Shortly after that, her family was having a funeral. And during the funeral, the elephant came back Took her body off the pyre. What trampled her dead body?
1: Okay, she did something to that elephant, and then really? left. Do they think they of that?
0: don't have any that seems evidence? Very personal that she did something. Wow, they don't. They, you know. know
1: what? Her doppelganger, her evil twin, did something terrible to that elephant. I don't baby. know,
0: but they do surmise that the elephant might have, by smell or something. Mm recognized her on her funeral pyre as the woman that, that you know... An it, elephant
1: hunter gave her his scarf and she was killed because <laughs> of that smell.
0: I don't know. I think they might have figured that one out. But this elephant had come from a wildlife sanctuary that was about, uh, about 10 miles from the city of Jamshedpur. I don't Perfect know. Perfect pronunciation. But... That's kind of sad. That is sad. So after it, you know, trampled her dead body, mm. it, I guess, threw it down and then ran away. They managed to complete her funeral a few hours later. But they say, you know, obviously elephants can be dangerous Very and dangerous. deadly because they're so dang big. They are big. And, you know, you don't want to get one mad. Mm. Or they, like, have rogue elephants that you can see video of, you know, yeah. trampling through streets of India or whatever. Or drunk.
1: They occasionally get drunk and do crazy shit.
0: Well, it's pretty rare that elephants don't just go on rampages and attack people for no reason. It says it's usually they've been provoked or abused.
1: Yeah, that's what makes you wonder why yeah. that, that person's body, why that person, and then
0: yeah, you
1: know, carried another step and go back. I know. And get her. I, I looked it up while you were saying that. And how many people per year, or do you know this, die mm-hmm. from elephant attacks in India each year?
0: About 300.
1: Oh, this says 100.
0: Oh, <laughs> so, well, maybe my right. maybe my figure wasn't India. Maybe it was worldwide. Uh, okay, it could be. Yeah,
1: mine was uh, WWF.
0: Yeah, mine too. Yeah,
1: no wrestlers know all about Indian. Indian. Mine I mean, three hundred. Huh. So maybe I, I don't know. Hmm. Intriguing.
0: I don't know, but you know, Asian elephants are often um, subjected to torture and stabbing. What for? The tur- tourism industry. Why? Yeah.
1: What, why? why?
0: I don't know. You do that? I don't know. Pro- why would probably you to piss off do- an elephant. wow.
1: You mean like to, to make them what do rides or perform or something like I that? I
0: don't know. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know cuz I don't do Indian elephants have tusks? No. Are they are they doing it for that or is that African?
1: Um that's a great question. I don't, I don't know the answer to that question.
0: I don't know, but elephants are smart. I should know that. So
1: yeah, they're very smart and have great memories, as we all know. They do. So they have see...
0: extraordinary cognitive abilities, mm-hmm. and the the article also goes on to talk about how human elephant conflict is on the rise because of mm-hmm. climate change. Climate change and, and yeah, we're you know encroaching on their habitat. You know, their habitat is getting closer and closer to where people are living, and climate change is making life harder for elephants with temperature change and losing water and stuff like that. So they sometimes will go what they call crop raiding, and, you know, they'll go on farmland and then there's obviously conflict, conflict between the farmers and the elephants. And I think right around the time this woman was killed by an elephant somewhere nearby, a farmer was killed mm-hmm. by an elephant because he was guarding there. his farm uh, so yeah
1: and if I wanted the crops I'm gonna let the elephant get the crop I'm yeah I'm not gonna put a fuss about that with
0: well I would too but in 2001 for instance 60 elephants were found dead being poisoned by farmers oh, God. in okay, India and guys. Sumatra Yep, because okay. they were seen as a nuisance and yeah. you know they were you know whatever but they say it still isn't clear why the elephant attacked the woman her name was Maya Murmu. Did they do
1: anything to that specific elephant? They said it, I, it got away. The
0: article didn't say anything. Just uh-huh. said he ran away, But it, or she. But it seems like they know Yeah. the elephant the that did it. I think her so. name was
1: Brenda, the elephant.
0: But anyway, it is one of those, you know, oh my God, an elephant killed a woman and then came back and trampled her body, which you know, it's one of those stories, one of those classic Well, but I mean, it's very, I book. mean, I've heard it all over the place and it's pretty irreverent, but. Yeah.
1: Well, it's pretty horrific.
0: There are important Same. and major issues underlying there are. that clickbaity story is okay. what I'm trying to okay. say. So you clicked on it, but then you brought some <laughs> context to it that made
1: it important. That's right. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate that. Your turn. This is not a clickbaity story. This is a story that if you've never heard of it, you're probably not going to click on this story. <laughs> okay. But hopefully you out there have heard it because we presented this story in episode 33. Yes, I did Good look it up, which I job. really did. Yeah. This is 33, a story. This 33 is... long time yeah. ago. Tamum Shud, or oh. Tamum Shud, better known, and we should have called the episode that better known as the Summerton Man. Mm-hmm. This was a person, I'll I'll catch you up a little bit on back in 1948, November 30th, to be exact. Some people along the beach in Adelaide. In Australia, in South Australia, notice a guy sitting uh, along at the edge of the beach on a seawall, kind of lying down, his head propped up on the wall. He's doing some weird motions. The next morning, that person was found very dead. And, you know, it was very mysterious for one. And it took, the mystery kind of unraveled over months, actually, because they didn't know who he was. And, but then they looked into his body. And they found that he his clothes, like all the marks, and then had been taken off his clothes. So he, they couldn't identify even where his clothes were from. or Where they had bought, they had w- although some clothes had the, the name T, the initial T, and and the last name Keen on them. They, they had no information, or no identification on his, on his person whatsoever. They had no idea who he was. That's why he was called Somerton man. It was the Somerton was the beach area, that right? I, 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 I and they weren't like,
0: beach clothes, right? Wasn't it they were like, a suit? like a suit? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And he was kind of weird because he had amazing calves. So people thought he did have these incredibly calves and kind of pointy feet. So people thought he was a dancer, like maybe a ballet dancer.
0: Or were his, were his feet mangled up, messed up?
1: I, were, I don't know if they were mangled, but they were kind of pointy. He was... So I'm, <laughs> just I'm just so going to go back to pointy. He was 5'11". They thought he was something like 40 to 50 years old. So probably an ex-ballet dancer, obviously. He... And, and but and and again, his tags appeared to be deliberately removed. He had like some 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 things: cigarettes and matches and things like that. A, a pack of juicy fruit gum, by the way, mm. delicious sponsorous, A used bus ticket and then an unused train ticket, and and people didn't know how he died. The coroner at the time would only say that it was not natural. Later, they'd have all these theories, and there was a couple of very. In fact, one coroner or a person who worked, pathologist who worked on it said, I think I know what did it, but I'm not going to name it because it's an almost untraceable poison oh. that would later turn out to be Digitalis. Oh, okay. So that sounds like foul play potentially there. And so it became kind of a cause celeb. A month after he was found, they found a suitcase that had been left in the, in the train station and it, they, they figured it belonged to him because they found a, a spool of orange thread in it that fit what was on his clothes perfectly. So he oh. had left this case in there, and that's by the way where they found the name T. Keen. So on his actual person, I, he he apparently didn't think they'd ever find that suitcase and tie it to him. But on his actual person, he had no identification whatsoever. It's only because they found the suitcase that this name T. Keen was applied to him. And even then, they think mm, it's probably an alias.
0: So he was mending his own clothing with orange thread. With orange thread. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> it was not long after World War II. There were still shortages.
0: I guess so. I was going to say, probably not an orange suit, so okay.
1: Then in May of 1949, so about a half a year after his body, after he died, a pathologist named John Cleland re-examined the corpse, and he discovered that there was a rolled up piece of paper hidden in the, his pocket, in like a little like secret little pocket, a really tightly rolled up piece of paper, and on it it bore a phrase that said, to mom, shooed which is a Persian phrase, and it means it's finished or it's ended. They trace this to the rubyat of the great Arabic poet Omar Khayyam, that 12th century book of poetry. And then, again, weirdly, they would find, I think it was even a month or two later, a local man came forward because back, way back in November of the year before, he had found a book in the back of his convertible that was parked at the beach. That was not his book. It's like someone tossed a book. And it turned out that book was a New Zealand edition of an English translation of the Rubaiyat by Omar Khayyam. And indeed, the book had a piece of paper torn out from it. And it fit perfectly. That piece of rolled up paper found in the pocket of the Somerton Mm -hmm. man. On that paper, to make it even more mysterious, were these random capital letters that seemed to be a code. It's like 27 letters or something like that in in rows and columns that appeared to be a code, some kind of encryption. So, hmm. and, and they also found a phone number and they traced that to a local nurse named Jessie Thompson. When they went to speak to Thompson, the authorities, she appeared to be shocked, stunned, almost fainted, but denied having any idea who he was. They had a bust of him made and they also had pictures of him. And she's like, I don't, when she's shown the picture, yeah. she almost fainted and then says, don't know him. So, <laughs> They, they thought she was probably <laughs> lying about that. Yeah. Later cryptography experts would say that, you know, they don't think, it didn't seem like a code in hindsight. It didn't appear to be a cryptogram of any sort. And a lot of the theories were things like, okay, was he a spy? Was he, you know, there's something mysterious about him. He was a Russian spy. Maybe he was a jilted lover. Was he poison? Was it murder? Was he a smuggler? Again, was he a ballet dancer? All kinds of theories about it. Well, recently, a professor named Derek Abbott—he's a physicist and an electric electronic engineer at the University of Adelaide—he has been on this story for years and years and years. He teamed up with Colleen Fitzpatrick, who's a forensic genealogist. They found some hairs in the bust, the plaster. They made, made again. They made a plaster bust of his face and upper, and uh, I think his shoulders. Mm-hmm. They found some hairs in there wow. from him. So they are yeah. finally able. To test the DNA of these hairs, and guess what? They think they figured out who the Summerton man was." He's a quote from Abbott, "We're just saying this is that what the DNA tells us It's up to the cops to make the legal determination of who this guy was, but they think this person was a man named Carl Charles Webb. He was an electrical engineer from Melbourne who vanished from the public record in April of 1947, which is a little interesting because it would have been about a year and a half before he was found dead. But right. that's the last anybody ever saw of him. We'll get back to him in just a second. So what they did was they took the DNA sample and they plugged it into what database? Jed GED-Match. GEDmatch. They plugged it into GEDmatch, the genealogical research database, and they found some distant cousins of this person.
0: Mm-hmm. and so
1: they started constructing the family tree like you do and they narrowed it down to about only four thousand people sure but they started looking at biographies and they found this guy they found Webb who fit the right age he was born in uh Victoria the state of Victoria in Australia in 1905 so he's about 43 at the time of his death that fit Abbott said that we were able to connect one of them meaning one of the DNA cousins, to Carl's father, and one of them to Carl's mother. So he was related to these people. Mm-hmm. He says, quote, "You really kind of narrow it down so much. It could be any one of Carl or his siblings, but Carl's the only one whose biography fits. Right. He was born at the right time. He has no documented death. He disappeared in April of 1947. Right. He seems to fit the bill pretty accurately again. They haven't it's not 100 percent. But it seems pretty damn close. The authorities, by the way, recently exhumed the body of the Summerton Man. So there's going to be more information out here soon. But they're taking their sweet time. doing. I I think they did it last year, I believe. Yeah, last May. And they're conducting genetic testing right now on the remains. So they may be able to. So Abbott and Fitzpatrick kind of beat them to the punch. Yeah. But if they come to the same conclusion, it'll be be pretty rock solid. And by the way, during Abbott's, you know, his researches, he he kind of narrowed in on the son. of He his theory was that you know the woman, the the nurse, yes. was that the Summerton man was the parent of an illegitimate child with her, right? And he, and he her, her son. He thought more resemblance to him. Is this the ear thing? Yeah, the same kind ear of ears. Had a funky, funky ear thing. Yeah, yeah no relation, no yeah. genetic match whatsoever. So that, which seemed really pretty solid. Yeah, uh, that's probably the best theory going. Is absolutely not true. Right, the, the car web has nothing to do with that. family. there's no genetic match between the car web and the nurse and her family whatsoever. So they
0: did test. Yeah, somebody from did, that family. From that
1: family, yeah. That's interesting. His wife. His wife. He met his wife Abbott, the researcher. Met his wife because she's related to that family. Oh, and, and they, okay. he, as he's researching yeah. it, he's like questioning her. It's like, hey, by the way, you do anything after this interview? <laughs> let have some coffee. <laughs> and so, and so, his he could test his wife for one. So they looked into him into this web person. He was again born in 1905. In October of 1941, he married a woman named Dorothy Jean Robertson, and. She was 21 years old and she was on her, on their marriage certificate, she was a foot specialist. So podiatrist, I'm not sure exactly what that means. No,
0: you're not a 21-year-old podiatrist. I don't know.
1: He was a 35-year-old instrument maker. That was his job. So why he had those phenomenal calves, we don't know. Maybe he was also a great, uh, uh, you know, not professional, but a dancer. I don't know. Or played hoop. I don't know. The last mention of him was indeed April of 1947, as I mentioned a minute ago, when he left his wife, just took off and left, and she never saw him again. In Hmm. October of 1951, three years after he was found in November, what we think was him found, uh, Dorothy, the ex-wife, I guess, she placed a notice in The Age, as a newspaper in Melbourne, and she uh, began divorce proceedings because she said he had deserted her back in 1947. She had moved, by the way, to Adelaide before that, so the, they're surmising that, that that's why he was in Adelaide. He was from Melbourne. He went to Adelaide by train, apparently. And that's why, you know, he. so we don't know for sure. I'm now speculating, but looked her up, tried to find her, either didn't find her or was, you know, or, or maybe if, if he did find her and she spurned him, why did she wait three more years to start divorce proceedings? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, probably not. Or they had a fight. If But if they had a fight she lied about it because she said she hadn't seen him since April of 1947. I don't know. Yeah, well... Or maybe he didn't find her and, you know, committed suicide with with poison or yeah. maybe he, uh,
0: you know, got yeah. cold feet. I don't know. We don't yeah, know. that that's the thing. Identifying him isn't likely to solve the mystery of his death, is it?
1: No, it's not. But his turns out his brother-in-law was named Thomas Keene. Boom, T. Keene. Oh. Some of those clothes must have been from his brother-in-law and... Another mystery was that the clothes were American, by the way. they're hmm. American-made clothes, but that's solved because there were American G.Is in Australia at the time, so his brother-in-law may have bought them like secondhand right. or some kind of secondhand store uh, American clothes. Yeah. So Rabbit uh, has not found a picture of Carl Webb, but they didn't find a picture of Webb's brother, Roy, who was a soldier for Australia and died in Malaya as a prisoner of war. And they've said that so Webb's brother's picture looks a ton like the Summerton man pictures they say oh so it's looking hmm. pretty good that this is him so there's still questions are like you know again why was he there at Summerton? Yeah. why was he in Adelaide what actually did cause his death was mm-hmm. it poison was it suicide or was it murder yeah so we don't know and did and was he connected with Thompson because they're getting these stories of that she was shocked and stunned and, right or was that you know who knows? Maybe that was embellishment at the time. Uh, that's what I
0: was going to say. I mean, it, you see it, yeah. a picture
1: of a dead person, a dead man's face. You know, yeah. it's a little weird. He's so, yeah. That's the story of the Summerton. Uh, the likely identification yeah. of the Summerton man
0: sounds pretty promising. Sure, I'll believe it. Well, thanks, Dean. That was a really good update to a really good mystery from Thank back you, in man. the early days yeah, of, of the Weird favorites. World podcast. That's one of my faves. Yeah, that, faves. that's so one of everybody's it's an faves. It's amazing story. Yeah. It, it is.
1: so It's layers of mystery, and especially the way that it it, it played out over months and it like got more and more mysterious every new discovery. Mm-hmm. I love that story. They need to make a movie about it.
0: I can't believe there hasn't. Well, I don't it, know. If he did it right.
1: Now, knowing that Carl Webb was this, nondescript electrician whatever he was who yeah. just left his wife and then still, there still is this mystery of again what he was doing there. Yeah. was he murdered Was he, did he commit suicide I, my guess is he committed suicide
0: I mean you could take some you know license and yeah sure make some sure. assumptions and you make some it, things up to
1: you could if it was made in India there'd be a lot of dancing and songs <laughs> right in the middle of very dramatic scenes which,
0: and maybe an angry elephant oh, Carrie Carrie too soon well, okay. that's the weird news for today. Weird news
1: too. We'll just do that. We'll just do weird news and a number because people like these. If you have any ideas for some weird news stories, let us know. Send them We'd our way. We'd love to hear them.
0: Weirdworldpodcast.gmail.com
1: Okay, we'll keep, <laughs> keep doing these when more weird stuff happens, which it always does, which is good.
0: Pretty much, yep. yes. And the internet makes it so easy. It does indeed. Well, thanks for listening. All right. What? (laughs) I literally can't say anything.
1: Really weird voice. I loved it though. Thanks for (laughs) listening. All right. See you guys.
0: Bye.